What do you do when there is a wild storm going on all around you? Do you have faith in the storm? Hi, this is Beth at BethJones.net, and I want to welcome you to my official podcast, Beth Jones International Speaker Official Podcast. You can subscribe to my podcast at iTunes. You can also check it out at Podbean, and be sure to visit my website at BethJones.net. Last night, I had a really rough night getting to sleep because we had a bad storm here, and I woke up several times to booming thunder and lightning, and then after I fell asleep, I had a bad dream, (laughs) so I didn't have a very good night of sleep, but this morning, it is quiet and clear and peaceful, and you know, Jesus gives us that peace in the storm, and I'm going to be talking about that today on today's podcast, Faith in the storm. And before we get started, I just want to pray and dedicate this podcast to to God. Lord, I just come before you in Jesus' name, and I thank you for this day, a new day to serve you. I just pray for your anointing and your spirit to be upon me. God, that you would give me a message to encourage the heart of the listener today. I pray for your wisdom, your spirit of revelation and discernment. God, I just thank you that no matter what storms are going on around us, you are right there with us. You're in control, God, and that you will see us safely to the other side. God, I thank you. I praise you. I dedicate this podcast to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, I did two things this weekend. The first thing is I listened to Chandler Bolt's self-publishing success summit that had over 30, I believe it had 37 authors and speakers, and many of those were Kindle authors with six and seven figure businesses. And I loved it, and I especially enjoyed the ones by Jeff Goins, Joanna Penn, and Susan Roan, I believe was her name. I watched that one last night. Amazing. She wrote a book that has sold over a million copies called Work the Room. She was a speaker first and then she wrote the book on her signature talk topic. And I can't wait to get that book, but it just was a great summit. I loved watching the videos. Chandler did an excellent job interviewing the authors. And uh, I got some new ideas. I blogged about it at my website and I'm going to be blogging some more about that. The second thing I did this weekend was listen to teachings by my friend Diane Bishop. She's been doing a series on the end times and on the rapture of the church. And I touched on this in the last podcast and I saw my Facebook business page, which is at facebook.com forward slash bethjones.net. You can visit and like my business page there, facebook.com forward slash bethjones.net. Connect with me there on Facebook. But I saw on my Facebook business page that that podcast actually reached a lot more people people than my typical posts when I post. When I posted the podcast link on there, it showed me that people are hungry to know and learn about God, the end times, the seven-year tribulation, the rapture. With everything going on right now, people are afraid. They're nervous. They want answers. And they are becoming more and more aware that really something major is going on, that time is winding down. 
So Diane has been doing this teaching. God just put it on her heart to start this Bible study and the, these training calls, sharing what she is learning about the end times and about the rapture. And if you study the book of Revelation, there's generally three theories on the end times and Jesus' second coming. And those are, number one, the pre-tribulation rapture, number two, the mid-tribulation rapture, and number three, Jesus coming back at the end of the seven-year tribulation period, the Great Tribulation, which is also called post-tribulation rapture. Our pastor at our old church, Lawrence Wilson, used to joke that he was a pan-trib guy. I believe that's what he called it. He said it would all pan out in the end and to occupy until Jesus comes. In other words, don't sweat it. Don't worry about it. Don't be afraid. It's all going to pan out in the end. And I always thought that was so funny. And that's true. We just need to have faith and trust in God no matter when Jesus comes back, we just need to be ready to have our hearts prepared. Now, today I'm not going to go into the depth that my friend Diane Bishop has in her studies. I have been taking a lot of notes from her teachings. I have been gleaning from what she's saying. I have been studying the, this topic myself for a while now, and I've been watching the news a lot more. I do believe that Jesus is right at the door. I want to cover some of these things today from the book of Revelation and the headlines today with this topic, Faith in the Storm. I just wrote my first fiction book. If you don't know me, I am a a speaker. I'm a non-fiction author. And for years, my husband Ray has been encouraging me to write fiction books because he loves, loves, loves fiction. That's about all he reads. I bought him a Kindle Fire for his birthday last year, and he has put literally hundreds of ebooks on that Kindle. And he loves to read fiction. He loves to read stories. And he says other people do too. So he has encouraged me to write a fiction book. And I had never written a fiction book before. I said, I don't know how. I've never taken any fiction writing classes. But he said, Beth, just write it. So I did. I sat down and write it. Um, an almost 200-page ebook. It is now available on Amazon. It is called Storm Toss. And it is about a Christian woman named Rachel who travels to Destin, Florida. And that is a play on the word destiny. And she wants to be alone with God, just get away from everyone and everything and really think and pray about her life, whether to divorce her husband, Jackson, and they are just having a lot of marriage problems. And she just really wants to hear God's voice. She knows that divorce is not God's will, but there's just a lot of problems in their marriage and she just feels overwhelmed. Their daughter, Faith, is discouraged and depressed over their marriage and Rachel has a strained relationship with her stepdaughter, Autumn. Also, Rachel has a very chaotic writing career. While she's there in Florida at the ocean, renting a beach house for the summer to, to get away from everyone and everything, a hurricane hits, a very dangerous hurricane. So Rachel's faith is tested, her faith in Christ, her faith in God. And she has to face a storm not only outside of her, but the one inside her heart as well. 
And if you want to learn more about that, just go to Amazon today or go to my website at BethJones.net to my e-store. This is just like our lives right now. We are always just coming out of a storm, out of a crisis. We are in the middle of a storm right now or we are about to go into a storm. And by storm, I mean spiritually, emotionally, and or mentally. And sometimes that is physical, like we can be in a hurricane or a tornado, an earthquake, a landslide. We can have financial crises. We can have a marriage crisis. Something may be going on with our kids. Maybe one of your kids is in rebellion. Maybe you or someone you love, a friend, is having a health crisis. Maybe you've lost your job. Maybe you need a job. Maybe you're looking for a new job. Maybe you're having to face foreclosure or bankruptcy like Ray and I have had to face. Whatever it is, there's storms going on in your life. And just like we had here last night, there was there was storms. There was bad thunderstorms today in the Kansas City, Missouri area. There are flash flood warnings and watches. And Ray and I went through a terrifying storm earlier this year when we traveled to Texas. You can read about that on my blog at BethJones.net. Just type in Texas storm in the search bar on the right sidebar and you'll be able to find that blog post about the Texas storm. So what storm are you in right now? And what storm did you just come out of? What storms are ahead of you? What storms are you about to go into? And that's kind of scary because, you know, if you're a recovering control freak like I am, you want to know what's ahead. You don't like not being in control. You want to be prepared. And yet God doesn't always show us everything that is ahead. He gives us just enough light for the path in front of us. Right now, America is in a spiritual storm, and I love America, and I intercede for my nation, but we are in a storm. We are in a very difficult and scary time right now in the United States, and also Israel is. When you read the headlines and when you read the news today, you can see Bible prophecy coming to pass before your eyes. It is just unfolding right in front of our eyes and actually while it's terrifying it's also very exciting because the prophets long to see what we're seeing today and the bible also says that angels long to look into these things that human beings are going through and that human beings are doing they 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 are fascinated by what god's doing with humans on the earth now, Jesus said in Matthew 24, 36, and this is the American King James Version, But of that day and hour knows no man, know not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. So, Jesus said that, and when you hear someone today claiming he or she knows exactly when Jesus is coming back, what time, when day, that contradicts the Word of God. There's been a lot of warnings and predictions for years and years, even hundreds of years, about when Jesus is coming back. And then that day passed and nothing happened. Only God the Father, Jesus said, only God knows the exact day and time. Not even Jesus knows. Not even the angels know. It will be very unexpected. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5.2, 
For you yourselves know full well that the day of the Lord will come just like a thief in the night. I want you to think about this a minute. When a thief breaks into your house at night, and let's pray to God that never happens to you or me, but if a thief were to to break into your house, you're not expecting him, right? You don't invite... (laughs) You don't invite the thief in to have a cup of coffee with you or a BLT sandwich, you know, sitting there eating with them, having a good conversation, laughing and joking around. No, it is a surprise and it is a sudden, shocking, fearful thing, a dangerous thing where you could even die from that thief breaking into your house. And for those of us who are believers in Christ, When Jesus comes back, when he comes very unexpectedly, like a thief in the night, we will be forever with God. And for people that don't believe in Jesus as their Lord and Savior, they will very sadly and by their own willful choice be separated from God forever burning in hell. And some people would say, well, how can a loving God send people to hell? God doesn't send them to hell. They choose by their disobedience to turn against God. And that is a consequence of turning away from their creator and their maker. God created people to be with him forever because he loves us. Now, this is not a popular or politically correct topic. That is the truth. There is only one way to God, and it is through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. There's not many ways to God. There's one way, and that's through Jesus. When we look at the headlines today and we see all that's happening and how everything is changing so fast, especially right now here in America, it's really scary, and we can become afraid, discouraged, grieve we feel grief over what's happening and sometimes we can even become hopeless but jesus told us all these things were going to happen before his second coming he already told his disciples that he told us in the word of god and matthew 24 here's some of the signs of jesus coming back for the second time wars rumors of wars Famines and earthquakes. There's been a lot of natural disasters, a lot of earthquakes lately. I heard this week that they are now expecting a huge earthquake to happen very soon. Jesus said these are just the beginning of the birth pangs. What does that mean? Well, if you know anything about pregnancy, you know anything about labor, when a woman starts to go into labor, Initially, initially she has Braxton Hicks, which are like practice con- contractions. And then she begins to have real labor after her water breaks, where the contractions get closer together, they get harder, and then she goes into full-time labor, labor delivery. So Jesus said these are just the beginning of the burpings. Things are going to get even harder, even worse. In verse 9, it says God's, them, God's people will go through tribulation. And remember the couple recently in the news who refused to bake a cake for a lesbian couple. This couple was fined over $100,000 and ordered by the judge to not speak to the media about it, basically taking away their freedom of speech rights. 
Jesus said some people will be killed for their faith. Christians will be hated. And there seems to be right now such a hatred, such a prejudice and bias and intolerance for Christians. And it's just amazing to watch against Christians and against the Jews. Anti-Semitism is growing in America and across the world. Jesus said people will fall away from the faith. And someone in our own family, raising my own family, did this several years ago. Just completely turned away from God. Said, says they are now an atheist, mocks God, has very liberal views on homosexuality and abortion. And it is just really scary watching this happening. Jesus said people would betray each other. People would hate each other. Think about all the hate on social media, the violent shootings, the riots that have happened this year in Ferguson and in other places. Jesus said there will be false prophets misleading others, lawlessness. What does that mean? People not wanting to obey the law and especially not the law of God, saying that what God said in the Bible doesn't apply to today. Many young people today think the Bible is just outdated and old-fashioned, and things like abortion or homosexuality, lesbianism, transgenderism, they think that the Bible is just an old-fashioned book and it doesn't apply because they have friends that are in those lifestyles, and they their philosophy is, well, whatever whatever you want to do, whatever you feel is right. You know, if you love someone and they're the same sex, that's okay. That's not what God's word says. Now, homosexuality, lesbianism, transgenderism, all those things are a sin. They can be forgiven. Just like abortion and adultery and gossip and lying and stealing. Because God is a loving, merciful God. But they are sin to God. God is a holy God. Jesus also said the kingdom of God must be preached to the whole world. So those are the signs of Jesus coming. And when we see these things happening, we know they are signs that God has given to us to alert us, to warn us, hey, Jesus is coming back soon. Jesus said, no one but God the Father knows the exact day or hour, not even the angels know but we can know Jesus is coming by these signs. I mean, just think of the blood moons that have been happening. And I was able to take pictures this year of at least one or two of them. And there's another blood moon. The last one is coming in September this year. So watch for that too. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 32 to 33, Learn the parable of the fig tree. When its branch has become tender and has leaves, you know summer is near. So when you see these things, you know Jesus is near right at the door. And I believe that with all my heart, that Jesus is right at the door. And we see all these signs happening, so we know he's coming very soon. <clears throat> Hold on just a second. Let me get some water. Okay. One of the scriptures for the rapture, we talked earlier about the rapture, and I don't know what your belief is on that, if you believe in pre-trib rapture, that Jesus is coming in the middle of the tribulation period, the seven-year tribulation, or if you believe, like my husband Ray, in a post-trib rapture. But 
Matthew 24, 37-41 talks about the rapture. And it says this, But of that day and hour no one knows, not even the angels of heaven nor the Son, but the Father alone. For the coming of the Son of Man will be just like the days of Noah. And that's how we are right now. We're just like the days of Noah. It says, For as in those days before the flood they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving a marriage, until the day that Noah entered the ark. And they did not understand until the flood came and took them away. So will the coming of the Son of Man be. And just, that's just like today. People are just drinking, eating, marrying, going about their work, just, you know, entertainment, social media, just living their lives. And, and God tells us, all of a sudden, it's going to be just like when Noah closed that door to the ark. It will be too late. They won't have a chance anymore. And so think of people in your life that don't know Jesus. Share the good news with them. Share about Jesus with them. Share your testimony because your testimony is powerful. The Bible says by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony and denying ourselves. That is the testimony of Jesus and we defeat the enemy that way. Share about it with others. And it goes on in Matthew 24, 37 to 41 says, Then there will be two men in the field. One will be taken and one will be left. Two women will be grinding grinding, excuse me, at the mill. One will be taken and one will be left. Therefore, be on the alert for you do not know which day your Lord is coming. So that that picture of two men in the field, one one being taken and one being left, and two of the women grinding and one being taken and one left, that's that's the basis of this belief in the rapture. Now, my husband Ray does not believe in a rapture, not in the traditional sense. He believes we as Christians are going to go through the entire seven-year tribulation period, the Great Tribulation, and then he believes Jesus is coming for his second coming. This is what people call a post-tribulation coming. So you know, Ray is a licensed minister and an ordained pastor. He has been since he was 18 years old. He is now 50 years old, the big 5-0. He just had his 50th birthday. We had a, a family barbecue for him, and we're going to have a, another one in August with his friends coming and co-workers. But Ray, by profession right now, is a full-time paramedic, but he has had his own house church as a pastor, and he has served as a minister or pastor at many churches. He's gone on five missions trips to Haiti, a mission trip to Israel and Uganda, Africa, and two mission trips to Mexico. Ray has studied the Bible extensively, and he has a seminary degree. I believe it's either in biblical studies or theology. Now, I have a seminary degree also. Mine is in Christian psychology. I am not a licensed minister. I am not a pastor. But I am a student of the Word of God. I am a student of God's presence and prayer. This is not something that Ray and I agree on. I do believe in a rapture. I do believe in a pre-tribulation rapture. 
And this is also something that Ray and his dad do not agree on. His dad is a, is a Charles Jones is a spirit-filled Baptist pastor. And he believes in a pre-tribulation rapture. Just like Gray, he has studied the Bible extensively on this topic. Now, my friend Diane, who is teaching on this topic lately, she has studied this in depth. And she believes much of the end times events are tied to the Jewish feasts. If you will watch YouTube videos on Perry Stone, you can find out more about that. I, too, believe that the end time events and Jesus' second coming is tied to the Jewish feasts. The Jewish feasts are rich with symbolism. They are feasts that God has given the Jews. And Ray and I have always celebrated the Jewish Passovers and many other feasts as well. We brought our children up on them because there is so much about God and Jesus in the feasts themselves. So much rich symbolism. Also, God commanded his people to keep the Passover every year. So I would encourage you to do a study of the feasts and also do a study of how the feasts, the Jewish feasts, relate to end time events. These things that are happening lately, such as the blood moons, the things happening with the, the signs in the heaven, the constellations, they also are signs of Jesus coming. Situations like the gay marriage that was approved for all 50 states by the Supreme Court decision recently, abortion, so much violence, all these things are signs of God, of Jesus coming back very soon. Now, the word rapture, you know, you may be wondering, where is that word rapture in the Bible? Well, actually, the word rapture is not used. But, and 1 Thessalonians 4.17, the church is said to be caught up with Christ in the air at the last trump. And there's a whole teaching Diana's done on that last trump, which relates to the Jewish feast, to the, the Feast of Trumpets and other, other feasts. The word for caught up in 1 Thessalonians 4.17 is the word harpazo, which means to remove, to seize, or to take away. When you study the book of Revelations in chapters 1 to 3, you can see that in heaven there is the coronation of God as the king, the marriage of the bride, and who is the bride? The bride is the body of Christ, and the marriage supper of the Lamb. And this is occurring in heaven where there's the, when there's the tribulation period here on earth, the great tribulation. Now this was news to me because I, was, I always thought the marriage supper of the Lamb happened after the Great Tribulation period. But Diane was teaching, no, it's going on in heaven while the Tribulation period is here on earth. And so if you believe in a post-trib coming, you might ask yourself, well, how can there be a marriage supper of the Lamb? And how can believers eat the marriage supper of the Lamb? If we're down here on earth being going through tribulation. So just look at the timeline in the book of Revelation. It's really interesting to study. You can study Revelations for more details on this. In Diane's Facebook group, 
We're listening to the training calls, we're studying the Bible, and we're watching the news every day. Now, in September this year, there is Rosh Hashanah, which is a time of preparation and repentance for the Jews. Also, September ends, supposedly, Jade Helm 15, which is the military doing operations and practices right now in Texas and other states. If you haven't heard of it, Google Jade Helm 15. It's a huge military exercise and practice right now going on. A lot of people have deep concerns over it, believing it might be something like the government taking over, the American people taking their guns, and there's different views on that. Also, in September 2015, the Pope is visiting the U.S., and there's just many other things going on in September. Also, Rosh Hashanah. Recently, the U.S. and five world powers signed a 100-page agreement about the future of Iran's nuclear program. And this is just so huge. It has huge consequences and I believe it's a very dangerous thing because Iran their Iranian military commander Mohammad Reza Nakhid I hope I, I pronounced that right he said in Tehran that basically Israel needs to be blown off the map they need to be wiped off the map we know in the end times, Israel is going to be surrounded by the final, in the, before the final battle of Armageddon, Israel will be surrounded by all the nations. So I believe this agreement with the world powers about Iran is a huge mistake. I believe it's going to have devastating consequences. I believe it may lead to the battle of Armageddon, to the final battle. I am praying for God's mercy, not only on Israel, but also for America. America must be, must remain Israel's best friend, her closest Israel, for the sake of our nation, for our very survival. Israel is the apple of God's eye. God loves Israel. In the face of all these things happening, the fast changes here in America, like prayer out of school, abortions, the Supreme Court decision to allow same-sex marriages in all 50 states, Jade Helm 15 going on in Texas and other states right now until September and beyond, school shootings, the recent killings of five U.S. Marines in Chattanooga, Tennessee, the Iran Agreement, and the White House is now wanting to keep guns from those on Social Security. And, and their language in this says, For those who have marked subnormal intelligence or mental illness, incompetency, conditions, or disease. And that could affect, according to Fox News, 4.2 million adults on Social Security who have their benefits managed by representative payees. In other words, the United States government is wanting to take away Americans' guns. And they're, they're wanting to do this with veterans, too. Veterans that have, quote, post-traumatic stress disorder. Basically, right now, President Obama is wanting to take guns from the American people, all under the umbrella, quote, of safety for our nation. But... Bearing arms is a fundamental right of Americans. So no, I am not for taking away 
Americans' guns. I do not believe that should happen. I believe it, it is the next step to martial law. So does my husband, Ray. You take away people's guns, you take away their ability to defend themselves. And they, what they're saying is, well, if people don't have guns, then they won't commit all these acts of violence, all these senseless shootings that have been happening. But if someone has hate and murder in their heart, it's really a matter of the heart. It's not a matter of guns. A gun is a weapon. If someone doesn't have a gun, they'll resort to some other weapon, like, for example, knives or some other tool to kill or hurt someone. It's not about guns. It's about what's in the human heart. So now we're having the president and leaders talk about taking away our guns, which is another freedom they're trying to take from us. So we need to continue to pray. All these things are very fearful because we don't know what's going on really. You know, you hear a lot of things in the news. You also see things on YouTube. There's a lot of conspiracy theories right now on YouTube. So you do have to be careful. You have to guard your heart and mind. But I believe some of the, quote, conspiracy theories have an element of truth in them. I think a lot of times what the media is painting to us as the truth is not the truth. It's twisted truth. It's bias. And it's especially biased toward the left. And Christians are now being viewed more as the enemy. And one of the favorite words they they like to say about Christian believers is that we are intolerant. And yet if you look, so many people hate Christians and they are totally intolerant of our views and what we believe. Such as what happened with the bakers refusing to bake the cake because of their beliefs. Because of all these things happening right now, Americans distrust their government. Many Americans distrust the government. Many of us, because of what's happening right now in the world with natural disasters and violent shootings and things happening with the military, things happening in the environment, we don't feel safe anymore. We do not feel safe. And, you know, sometimes you wonder, well, should I get my passport and go to another country where it might be safer? But really, when everything hits, it's going to hit everywhere. There will be no safe place except the will of God. That is the safest place you can be. Read and meditate on Psalm 91. It talks about the secret place. The secret place of prayer. I've done a teaching on this before. I spoke on this topic at in Arizona several years ago. The secret place of prayer. The place of prayer is a place of protection. You're under the shelter of the Most High God. It is a hidden place from the enemy. So stay in that posture of prayer. Stay in the Word of God. Stay in obedience to God. Stay under the blood of Jesus, you and your family, and then you will be protected. You will be in God's perfect will. That doesn't mean nothing bad will ever happen to you or me, but it does mean that God will be covering us. God will be with us. And I do believe in many cases God's hand of protection will be upon us, keeping us from danger and harm. In the midst of the storm going on right now in America and across the world, God is still on the throne. God is the king. He is king of kings and lord of lords. God is in control. 
He is not up in heaven having a panic attack. God is not scared. He already knows what's going to happen. He already sees the future. He's already got the future. He's already got your future. God has written the last page of the book in Revelation. And I believe with all my heart, Jesus is coming soon. Are you ready? And if you are a believer in Christ, if you're obeying him, you have nothing to fear. You are under that shelter. You are under his wings like Psalm 91 talks about. Remember that, and the whole point of this podcast is this. Jesus told his disciples again and again. It was like something they just did not get. It's like, okay, here we go again. Let's learn this lesson. What am I going to do with you people? I've spent all this time with you. I've taught you. You've seen my miracles. You've seen me heal people, do miracles, bring the dead to life, cast out demons, multiply the, the fish and the, the loaves of bread. And here you still have doubt in your heart. After all these great things I've done for you and you doubt me, you doubt my goodness, you doubt my word. Jesus asked his disciples, where is your faith? In Luke 8, when they were on the boat and this terrible storm came, and I shared this on the last podcast, these were fishermen. These men had seen some storms in their lives. So this wasn't some little rain shower with a few puddles. This was a major storm, winds and waves, lightning, thunder. They were terrified. They were afraid the boat was going to capsize and they were going to drown. There's Jesus sleeping in the boat. Hello, Jesus, what are you doing asleep? We're going to drown. Don't you care that we're about to all drown here? And Jesus was asleep. He was totally at peace because he knew who he was. He knew his identity. He knew who his father was. He knew his mission had not been completed yet, that he still had work to do. So no, Jesus was not afraid. But he asked him, Luke 8, where is your faith? Where is your faith? Where is my faith? Jesus stood up and rebuked the wind and the waves and they stopped. And God wants you and me to have faith. He wants you to have peace. He wants you not to be afraid. Jesus' love will drive out that fear because fear torments people. That's what 1 John 4.18 says. God doesn't want you tormented. What does torment mean? It means to suffer, to torture, pain, misery, distress, haunt, agonize. Jesus did not come so you would be haunted and pain, miserable and distress all the days of your life. No, Jesus came to give you abundant life. He came to give you peace and joy, to be fruitful for him, to have a great, powerful life, powerful through faith in him, doing amazing things, things you can't even begin to imagine. So when you start to feel afraid, and we all battle it, when you read the news, the media loves to instill fear in people. It is so bizarre. They, they hardly ever report good news, happy news stories. They play on people's fears, and that way the people are controlled. And it's also a consumer thing. You see commercials, and they're always trying to make you think about uh, I've got to have this new car or I won't be keeping up with the Joneses. And as Dave Ramsey says, the Jones are broke. 
or you have to have this certain deodorant or perfume or cologne to be cool or these new clothes or you have to have this medication or get this sunblock or do this or eat this food or whatever or you're going to get sick they play on your fears but when you start to feel afraid when you believe, whether you believe in the pre-trib, mid-trib, or post-trib rapture, continue to meditate on God's Word. Now, I read just enough news to stay informed. And I find a lot of the major news, something major happening on Facebook and Twitter, I admit that, in the news feed. Or Ray comes home from work and tells me things. And, you know, sometimes it's like, you didn't hear about that? You can't believe I didn't even read the news. I do not read the news obsessively like Ray and my dad do. I will not because it is so negative and it is so filled with fear. I, I read enough to stay informed. Instead, I will saturate myself in the Word of God. I will renew and transform my mind daily. And that is found in Romans 12 too. I encourage you to do the same thing, to meditate on verses that are about peace that, and that address fear to renew your mind and meditate on the promises of God. God's promises are for real and forever. I talk about that in my book, Promises in the Dark, available on Amazon and at my website, betchins.net. God's word stands forever. God doesn't break his promises. God is not a liar. What God said is going to happen, and Jesus already told us what's going to happen. So we don't need to be afraid. Now, I want to wrap this up by encouraging you to go to Amazon and get my EBIT Storm Toss. It is about a Christian woman at the ocean when a hurricane hits. She has to face a storm outside of her, as well as the one inside of her, to learn to have faith and trust in God. It's a really good book. I have had great reviews on it. I've got three five-star reviews already to four-star reviews. The feedback I've had from my beta readers and others have been incredible. And so it, it's a fiction book that will really encourage you. It's inspirational. It's got scriptures in it. It has spiritual warfare in it with uh, an angel and some demons it's a really interesting book with some plot twists and some really neat characters. I like the characters in my book. I love my character Rachel and Jackson, Faith and Autumn, I, Mandy, all those people, Ben. So I think you'll enjoy it. But go to Amazon today to get it. It's only $2.99. Or you can also find out more at my website at betchins.net. And I encourage you today to not be afraid, but to have faith in the storm. No matter what you're going through, God is there with you. He'll never leave you or forsake you. Remember, he's already written the last page of the book. And when you see all of these things happening, know that Jesus is near and our redemption is near. So be watching. Be watching for Jesus. That doesn't mean, you know, stop working, sit in a, a lounge chair on your front lawn and look up in the sky and not do anything. Now we need to use our gifts for God right now for his glory. Share your story with other people. Share about Jesus. Share the good news. And just know that he's coming soon. 
and we will be with him forever in heaven. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of what's going on, but have faith and trust in God. He loves you. He's with you, and he is good. This is Beth at Betchins.net. Be sure to subscribe to my podcast here at iTunes and visit my website at Betchins.net and get signed up for my mailing list where I share the newest updates and about my upcoming speaking engagements. If you need a speaker for your women's conference or event, be sure to contact me at Betchins.net. Be sure to check out my ebooks on Amazon at my Amazon author page and especially my newest fiction book, Storm Toss. I think you'll enjoy it, and I pray that it will bless you. Have a great and beautiful day, and I will talk to you later. Bye-bye.